0: Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into the year of 2017 in today's Statistics episode. We read the wind and the sky when the sun is high. We sail the length of the seas on the ocean breeze. At night we name every star. It has been a long and crazy year. It is currently 10 p.m. here on New Year's Eve. I have decided to forsake watching one more movie this year in exchange for recording this episode of the podcast. And uh, hopefully you'll all be better for it. Uh, it has been a long year. A lot has happened. A lot has changed. The podcast, in my opinion, has grown as an entity as it now... Generally adheres to a rigorous and strict schedule. Uh, I know that the last couple of weeks are not the best example of that, but uh, heading into the new year, we I, I look to really get a hold of that and and try to overcome the illness I am still currently afflicted with. So if if there's a little more sniffling or coughing in this episode, I, I do apologize. I will try to minimize that and and cut it out and. Uh, edit around it as best as I can, but, you know, some things I just are going to slip through the cracks, or I'll just might be too lazy because, you know, I'm sick. So uh, I appreciate your your ability to listen through any of these issues as they may or may not occur. Uh, I, I recently listened back to a little bit of my 2016 statistics year-in episode, uh, so I have a general idea of what my plan was then, and I'll kind of follow the same suit here and, and go through things similarly. And uh, I have the 2016's year of statistics up as well, uh, at least for Letterboxd, and, and uh, they're both accessible on my spreadsheet next to each other so I can compare those things. And uh, we'll just kind of look at uh, how things have changed, What what is new in, in the spreadsheet, what is new. In the world of cinema, and how that changed everything around it. I don't know, we might not be that grandiose, but we will get to the bottom of things. So, first things first, uh, let's jump into the Letterboxed year in statistics that Letterboxd displays. These are accessible to all of you, if you go to my Letterboxd page, uh, but you know, that's can be time-consuming, and uh, Requires not requires the attention of your eyes, whereas right now you're only being required the attention of your ears. So, uh, slightly different medium, and maybe this suits you more. Uh, however, this will also be an easy way to, for me, or, or rather for you, to hear the comparison, comparison and contrast uh, between 2016, 2017 and then um, at least my letterboxed existence as a whole. So. Let's let's jump right into it, shall we? In the year of 2017, I uh, put in 1,313 diary entries. Uh, So, effectively, I put that's how many movies, not that I watched, but that I entered into my logs on Letterboxd. Uh, And I don't believe that's restricted to just this year. So, I know that there are a couple of movies in that 1,313 that... I had missed from previous t- years or something to that effect and those uh, count as well towards that or for example if there was a movie that I watched December 31st but I didn't log it until like 1 in the morning January 1st then it would count in this year not the previous year so that is not the exact number of how many movies I watched but it is it is relatively close uh, I have also reviewed one thousand two hundred and sixty-seven movies on Letterboxd. Now, uh, that is a far cry more than the amount of movies I've reviewed on the podcast. Uh, but taking them with a grain of salt, you know, most of those reviews are brief. Uh, a lot of them are scavenger hunt reviews, uh, so those wouldn't generally be movies I review on the podcast, uh, barring big things like Spider-Man or The Last Jedi. So, again, grain of salt. Now, comparing these two numbers to 2016, I had 1,083 diary entries last year, uh, so about 230 less, exactly 230 less, and I had 700 reviews even, so 567 less reviews last year. Uh, also, the number of reviews last year was a bit smaller compared to the diary, diary entries, so I wasn't reviewing as many films relatively speaking, whereas this year I try to review everything, uh, and mostly what I don't end up reviewing tend to be either short films or uh, re-watched films. Uh, That's generally anything outside of that I will probably have some sort of review for, but uh, those are the two that every once in a while they they just kind of end up like that. Uh, Next up is how many lists I created this year. Uh, 13. I'm not sure what they are. Um, And uh, this doesn't exactly tell me, but I created 13 lists this year. Last year I created 21. I don't know which ones they were. You know, a couple, mostly scavenger hunt ones fall into this list, but um, I'm sure that there are others involved in this as well. So uh, we will... Yeah, I don't know. I I couldn't tell you. Next is the number of likes. So not necessarily just films, but comments, lists, etc. I liked 378 things this year. Uh, A little bit down from last year's 455. I don't know what that says. Maybe that means I watched less films I enjoyed this year. Uh, Or uh, maybe it doesn't mean anything at all. Uh, Next is the number of comments. So, how many times I commented on somebody else's review, somebody else's list. Last year I had 61. This year only 50, which seems high. I don't really remember commenting on a lot of stuff. So, I'm not really sure what those are all being attributed to, but that is what they are. And then, perhaps the most significant and salient statistic that this tracks is the number of hours I spent watching movies based on what I logged on Letterboxd. So, according to Letterboxd, I logged 1790.4 hours of movie watching in 2017. If you break that down uh, into uh, days, it's about 74 and a half days. So, two, almost two and a half months of 2017, I was watching a movie. And that's not, and that's like excluding sleeping. So let's do a little math here, because that's, that's what this is. This is a podcast all about math. So if we say 1,000, let's just round it down to a nice even number. So 1,790 hours. If we and uh, we divide that by twenty-four, so we get this seventy-four point about six days. Seventy-four point six days, if we uh, let's see, if we multiply that by mm, so if we're saying I'm sleeping for a third of the day, then on, then that would make it. Instead of a 24-hour day, we would be having a 16-hour day. So, in that instance, I spent 111.88 full days watching movies. So, more than about three and two-thirds months watching movies when you factor in sleep. But, for about two-thirds of this year, I also worked more than 40 hours a week. So... If that's 40 hours a week divided by seven, so about five and a half hours a week, five and a half hours a day on average over the first eight months. Um, this is getting a little, uh, sti- a little maybe maybe too maybe too uh, deep statistically, but um, so if we say uh, the first eight months is like 30 weeks, so hold on, let me hold this number down for a second here. 111.875 okay so if we say um, what do we say we said about five and a half hours a day but we wanted to do it for 30 weeks so 30 times 5.5 then divided by 52 weeks Is that right doesn't sound right I did that wrong five, nine, nine, eight, four. 13 so no, that's right. And it's divided by uh, fifty-two, three times two. So it should be thirty-four weeks. We'll say thirty-four weeks. Thirty-four times three point five. That's wrong. Times seven divided by three sixty-five. So uh, that, uh, I'm gonna get this. Give me a second. All right. So we're going to, we're basically what I'm trying to do here is make it so that the numbers I'm getting apply to the year and not just the first eight months of the year. If that's helpful, I hope it is. Okay, so at 5.5 hours a day, working through the first 34 weeks, okay. So you multiply that, those two numbers together, and then times 7. So, by day, so that ends up with roughly 1,309 hours worked this year, which I could probably check to get a better idea, but um, I'm, I'm happy to go with that number. So, then, instead, we divide that by 365, and it turns out I worked about, rounding upwards, 3.6 hours a day across the whole year, okay? Because I ended my job in August, September, October, November, December, four more months, um, i averaged probably more than 40 hours a week so that should make up for the what i don't know it was like a week in august I didn't work so that keep, makes up for that so if we go 3 point six hours of work a week a day across the whole year plus eight hours of sleep a day we get 11.6 hours a day of the year that i could not possibly be watching a movie follow me So, 24 minus 11.6 means that I had 12.4 hours a day on average to watch movies. Okay. So, we take 1,790 divided by 12.4. And taking in as many external factors as we can. Because, theoretically, every other minute of the day that I wasn't working or asleep... I could have been watching a movie. You know, I can take my laptop into the kitchen when I cook. I can watch movies on my phone when I walk to and from places, when I'm on the bus, when I'm in a car, when I'm in a train, when I'm in a vehicle, whatever. Um, except when I'm biking, but like we can't, I, I couldn't possibly calculate how much I, time I spent biking. So we'll leave it at that. So feasibly, I spent 144 days of this year watching movies. So that's almost five of my twelve months. That doesn't include the countless hours and days worth of television I watched uh, the countless hours I spent recording this podcast. I was not watching movies while recording this uh, I couldn't I don't have the numbers on that either, but that's probably a good couple of weeks of time recording. I I'm trying to think like you know there's you know like that doesn't factor in you know you know, a workday might be eight hours of work, but, like, that's half an hour for meals, um, and, uh, you know, when I'm, all the time I'm biking, that's not factored in, we could probably round this up to 150, and that would still be a little conservative, so I'll round it up to, say, roughly five of my 12 months this year, I was watching TV non-stop, when I was awake and capable of doing so, which is a lot, man, that is a, Ton of movie watching, guys. I uh, now compare that to last year, where I watched. I spent one thousand three hundred and eighty-three point seven hours watching movies. So that is a difference of about four hundred hours. So that's that's a pretty substantial difference, you know. That and that mostly comes from the fact that last year I was working the entire time, and this year not so much. And even going by 24-hour days, that is a like over half a month's worth of time that I spent watching movies more this year than last year. Alright. Moving on. Now, I looked, listening to last year's episode, I realized that I went through my top 20, and now my top 20 changed from when I talked about it then to when I talked about it uh, at the Circle of Film Awards from last year. However, I don't Feel comfortable that it, it's going to change significantly from this year's. So I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to forsake that for now. That list is on Letterbox. If you do want to look it up, um, I update it frequently. Uh, it is currently not up to date as there is a movie I have to add. Two movies I have to add at least to my top ten. I think so. A lot of changes happening, but it does kind of give away what my best picture winner is as of the moment. Again, I haven't seen a lot of movies like Call Me By Your Name or The Post or Itania, Darkest Hour, so still, still some, some space up for grabs. Uh, but one of the things I can look at is how many films I saw each week. Now, last year, there were two big spikes that reached over 50 films a week. That was the sixth and eighth week of the year in February. Those did not take place this year. Uh, there was a little bit of a spike in February. Another one in March um, and April, but none of them reached over 40. But then you get to when I quit my job. And there wasn't a week that I quit my job under 26 films, except the very last week of the year, which was uh, week 53, which literally had one day in it. That was today. And today I watched 10 movies. So I did pretty good, (laughs) I think. Uh, But last year, I had two weeks in the year that eclipsed 50 films. This year, I had four weeks. So week number 42, which is in October, I watched 52 films. Week number 45, which is in November, 56 films. Week number 46, which is the next week in November, I watched 61 films. And then week 56, which was the... I'm sorry, week 48, which was two weeks later, the last week of November into December watched 56 films. So, a lot of movie watching happening. A lot of good stuff. In 2016, two weeks of that year, I watched just three films. It was the week of July 4th, when I was at the beach with my family on vacation, and the last week of the year, which was only two days long, December 30th and 31st. This year, I had one week that was only three films. That was uh, a week in May. Um which was the week that my girlfriend and I started dating. And so I had other priorities to focus my time on. We watched a lot of Rick and Morty, I believe, if, if memory serves. Uh, but then there's a, quite a few weeks in, in June, May and June, where I didn't watch that many movies. Also, girlfriend, and I was still working then, so it was much more difficult to find the time. But once I quit my job and, and things really took off, and then, like I said, December thirty first is its own week this year, and it was ten films. So that's that's a thing. Uh, so uh, films total watched, same number of diary entries, thirteen, thirteen, and uh, that's again uh, uh, two hundred and thirty more than twenty sixteen. So this month, this year, I averaged one hundred and nine point four movies a month. That's 19 more than last year, and I averaged 25.2 movies a week, or 4.4 movies more than last year per week. Letterboxd also breaks things down by day of the week. Uh, Starting with Sunday, I watched 170 of my films on Sunday. That is the lowest number of any day of the week. Uh, Monday is next lowest at 171. Followed by Saturday at 176, Friday at 178, Wednesday at 185, Tuesday jumps over 200 to 204, and Thursday is the most watched day uh, at 229. Not only is Thursday release day uh, for most movies, uh, for preview night, but Thursday nights I always had off at work. That was the one day I always made sure I had off. Hence, uh, exactly for the reason that movies come out that day. And I used to have therapy on that day, and i do a lot of other stuff then too. Um, Comparatively, none of the days of the week last year eclipsed 200, and uh, the weekend days were in like the 125 range, and every day this year uh, was at least 170. So big jumps all around. Now, uh, this year's milestones. A couple of interesting statistics here. The first film I watched this year on January 1st, 2017, was a scavenger hunt movie, uh, Dumb and Dumberer When Harry Met Lloyd. Terrible movie. Don't recommend it. I gave it half a star. Last year's first film was Crimson Peak. Far better, far better than uh, Harry Met Lloyd. Last film I watched this year was November Criminals. Uh, I gave it one and a half stars, so slightly better, but still not that good. And I watched it, I just finished watching it like half an hour ago. Last year, the last film I watched was Stop Making Sense. Very good film about the talking heads. Musical documentary movie. Really good. And then it also tracks my most watched movies. Now, bit of a discrepancy here because uh, there's only one movie that I watched three times this year and that is Valentine which is um, sort of like a pseudo music video uh, for the band Haim which was I believe directed by Soderbergh I love this movie it's on YouTube it's like 14 minutes long, it's fantastic I watched it three times Now, I watched a ton of different films twice this year, but the ones listed here are the most recent ones I've watched twice, so those are the ones I'll use. The first is World of Tomorrow, Episode 2, The Burden of Other People's Thoughts, which I watched twice both times today. And the other is Star Wars, Episode 8, The Last Jedi, which I've watched twice, and the second time I watched it was today, in IMAX this morning, afternoon, early afternoon. So I like that, I like that a lot. Last year, I didn't watch anything three times, but the few films that I watched twice uh, that are at least shown here are La La Land, Captain America Civil War, and Kenzo World. There you go. Now Letterboxd will also uh, sort things by genre, country, and language, so, and I'll show the top ten of each of those. So I'm just gonna quickly run through these top ten lists uh, for genres. Uh, From the bottom to up, I watched 116 fantasy films, 116 documentaries, 120 sci-fi films, 139 adventure films, 165 animated films, 194 thrillers, 195 romance films, 195 action films, 406 comedies, and overall number one, dramas, 583. That's a lot of dramas. Drama, I I don't ever expect any any genre to beat drama. I, I just don't think it's possible. But moving on to countries, starting again from the bottom. In 10th, Spain, 16 films. China, 21 films. Australia, 21 films. Japan, 23 films. Italy, 26 films. Germany, 43 films. Canada, 60 films. France, 89 films. The United Kingdom, 156 films. And the United States, a whopping 909 films. Whew! So about three quarters of all the films I watched. Uh, about two thirds of all the films I watched this year were made in the United States, give or take. And finally, the uh, top ten languages. Uh, so this is pretty similar to last year, and in fact, uh, I will. So last year, um, the only the only language that it doesn't appear on this year's list that was on last year's list is Swedish, which was tenth last year with fourteen films. But we have a different number 10 this year, and that's Arabic with 17 films. Uh, Last year and this year's number nine is Chinese films. This year I watched 20 of them. Number eight is No Spoken Language, 26 films. Japanese, 30 films. Russian, 32 films. Italian, 46 films. And last year followed through with those same five categories. Uh, The difference being that in 2016, my number four and number three were swapped. So, in 2016, I watched 48 Spanish films and 53 German films. 2017, I watched 68 German films and 76 Spanish films. So, Spanish-speaking films uh, jumped up a little bit. But, the number two is the same last year and this year, and that's French films, with 122 films in French, as opposed to last year's 84. But, of course, English was... Uh, of course going to be number one. Last year I watched 994 English language films. This year 1199. A lot of English. But that is the language I speak. So it makes sense. Moving on, some pie chart action. The percentage of films I watched this year that were released in 2017 approximately 23.5% so about one in every four films I watched this year was released in 2017. The percentage of films that I watched this year that were first-time watches is 95.9% so 4.1% of the films I watched this year I was re-watching so that's actually up 0.3% or 0.4% from last year unfortunately Yeah. Uh, Finally, the last pie chart is the percentage of films I reviewed this year, Uh, 96.3%, very high as opposed to last year's 64.9%. Still pretty good number, but I definitely stepped up my reviewing game. Uh, This year I added 1,168 films to my watch list and I watched 289 films that are on my watch list. I've become a lot more liberal at adding things to the watch list, um, just because like I like having a place of films that I know I want to watch for one reason or another, what whatever that reason might be, and I can go to that list and you know filter it by if it's on Amazon, if it's on Netflix, whatever may have you, just to make it easier for me to find something to watch quickly. Uh, last year I added far less films, but I again did not watch as many as I added. I don't think I've ever watched. As many or more films that were on my watch list than the number I added to it. I'm gonna gonna beat that this year. That is my goal in 2018. Now, here's here's an interesting uh, bar graph. If you're on the page, if you look at it, they will show you the um, array of uh, ratings that you gave a film and how many times you rated each film. So, uh, looking at this year, if we start at the bottom, I gave 119 films half a star, I gave 127 films one star, I gave 144 films a star and a half, I have gave 145 films two stars, I gave 221 films two and a half stars, so we're halfway there, I gave 233 films, and this is the highest quantity, three stars, I gave 173 films three and a half stars. I gave 105 films, 4 stars, so that's the lowest number yet. I gave 45 films, 4.5 stars, so even half of the 4-star films. And I gave no films, 5 stars. So there were 0 films I watched this year uh, that I gave 5 stars. Not even a rewatch, not even a first-time thing, none. Interesting is the comparison that you can make between 2017's uh, distribution of ratings as opposed to my overall distribution of ratings according to Letterboxd if it loads. It will in a second. And what I find is that this year it's, it's not a, a very smooth uh, bell graph. So it doesn't start low on each end and work its way to the top in the middle. It does technically do that, but it's not a very nice-looking bell graph. Whereas, if you look at my overall ratings total, so of the five thousand four hundred twenty-eight films I've rated, uh, currently three and three stars and three and a half stars are pretty much tied with about eight hundred thirty-five, eight hundred thirty-nine ratings. One star is actually the lowest quantity by a significant margin, and half star ratings are higher than one star, one and a half, and two star ratings altogether. And four and a half, I guess, I can throw that in there, if they're higher than four and a half. So it's not quite as nice looking, Um, but I don't know, I think it's interesting, I do. So moving on to the most watched actors on Letterboxd. Some of this, I've tried, I, whenever I could, I tried to go into the movie database and edit casting information uh, with, as I saw it on IMDb as com- as compared to where it was listed on Letterboxd to try and equal things out and even things up. So these are the 20 most seen actors, most watched stars in uh, this year for me. Now, this does include rewatches, so some movies that appeared that I watched multiple times will affect this number. Uh, so, starting from the bottom, we have five people here with nine films. There might be more that got broke that fell off the land uh, Liam Neeson, Donald Gleason, Dustin Hoffman, Steve Buscemi, and Max von Sydow, all with nine films. We have six people that I've seen 10 films from Clive Owen. Anthony Hopkins, Judi Dench, Laura Dern, Bill Murray, and Tom Hanks. One person I've seen 11 films from, and that's Matt Damon. Three people that I've seen 13 films from, Bess Flowers, Samuel L. Jackson, and Robert De Niro. One person I've seen 14 films from, L. Fanning. Two people I've seen 15 films from, Willem Dafoe and John Goodman. Which leaves two spots left. Number two this year. With 16 films seen. Is Meryl Streep. And number one this year. With 18 films seen. Is Mel Blanc. Who. If you're not terribly familiar. Is an old voice actor. uh, Who. Did a lot of movies. You know he was number one. Last year with 27 films. So it's not. He's repeating again, Uh, but yeah, he is quite good. Uh, Interesting. So this year there were 15 people that had 10 or more films. Last year there were only eight people with 10 or more films. And uh, some of the people that made the list both years, Mel Blanc, who won both years. Samuel L. Jackson was number two last year. He was number seven this year. Um, Who else do we got here? Not a lot of Tom Hanks was number twelve last year. He's number ten this year. Um, and Robert De Niro is the only other person. He's number six this year, and he was number nineteen last year. Cool. I can also sort this by highest rated. It's not quite as illuminating because it will it includes people who I've only uh, excuse me who I've only seen in two films or more. Um, but some interesting names are Jared Gilman and Cara Hayward, who are the y- young leads of Moonrise Kingdom, uh, Kenny Baker, Peter Cushing from Star Wars, James Earl Jones, Peter Mayhew from Star Wars, uh, those are in this list. But most of these other names, I'm not particularly aware of. Uh, Julia Pott and Winona May, who are the voice actors in the World of Tomorrow series as well. So let's move on to directors. Directors. Who do we got? Got a lot of people. So this year... Uh, Everyone in this top 20 has, I've seen at least four films from, uh, which is the same as it was last year. So starting at the bottom, there were 10 10 people I've seen four films in. Again, uh, rewatches affect this. So with four films, Jean-Luc Godard, Henry Joost, Taika Waititi, Alfred Hitchcock, Daniel Mann, Steven Soderbergh, Sidney Lumet, Luke Scott, Neil Blomkamp, and Ariel Schulman. There are five people with five films, Ridley Scott, Martin Scorsese, Nina Paley, Paul W.S. Anderson, and George Cukor. There are three people with six films, Joseph Pelling, Becky Sloan, Woody Allen. One person, number two overall this year, with eight films, is John Ford. And number one this year, with 12 films, is Chuck Jones, who directed a lot of the Disney short films. Uh, people who made both lists include Chuck Jones, who's number six last year and is number one this year. Uh, looking down the list here, that's pretty much it. Woody Allen. Woody Allen had four films last year, six this year. Those are the only two that repeated. Um, the highest rated directors is even worse because that includes people who've only been in one movie that I saw, so it's not really a good assessment of... Uh, where things stand. So, next thing. My most liked review this year is my review that I gave a Dog's Purpose. Um, It has 14 reviews, which makes it my most liked review on Letterboxd. Last year's number one was Fur, an imaginary portrait of Diane Arbus, which now sits at 13 reviews. Uh, So, I don't know if you watched Dog's Purpose or remember this movie from January this year. Uh, It stars Josh Gad as the voice of a dog who... Is reincarnated multiple times over and just you know goes from person to person and is involved in their lives however uh, just before the movie came out there was this big controversy uh, when TMZ released this movie this video that was found from the footage uh, was uh, from the set of A Dog's Purpose where there's a scene where there's a dog stuck in a river and this this shot this video from behind the scenes when they were filming it, shows or or is, intends to show that the handlers of said dog were forcing it into the water when it didn't want to do it. So, it's, you know, it's a stunt dog. It works as a stunt dog. Animal handlers are on set. You can read the story. You know, they have much more information than I'm going to be able to give you. Um, my review tries to, like, ignore that. So I'll read the review. It's not very long, but... Is, this is the review I wrote for Dog's Purpose, on which I watched January 27th this year. The controversy doesn't matter in rating the film. I personally feel as though the video and TMZ blew things out of proportion. Whatever problems were happening seemed to have been minimal and with no malicious intent. As for the film itself, it is one of the most manipulative things I've ever seen, Josh Gad isn't even 1% of the voice actor here, as he was in Frozen. The implications of reincarnation and dogs in general is utterly absurd. It feels like Josh Gad is the only dog spirit that has any awareness of life outside of being a dog, which is strange when he interacts with other dogs. And the dog spirit is male, but he inhabits female dogs at times. There's no problem other than none of these things are given any explanation. Sigh. I like Dennis Quaid. That's the review not the best review ever, but it's the most popular. Uh, similarly, my most liked list is almost the exact same as last year's. Last year's was my April 2016 scavenger hunt. This year's is April 2017 scavenger hunt. Cool. Uh, some of the highs and lows. The highest average rating movie I watched this year, I watched today. And that is Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back with an average rating of 4.5. The lowest average rated film I watched this year was The Emoji Movie, 1.4 stars. And the most popular film I watched this year was Baby Driver, which has an average rating of 4 stars. And I'm not sure... I still don't fully get, like, the formula for making something most popular, but its it's reviews and watches and likes and comments and all that stuff all kind of thrown into a pot together, and then my most obscure movie I watched is titled Panoramic View of the McKinley Homestead. This is a 1901 film that is about 20 seconds long, maybe. I don't know. I'm one of two people who's seen it. The other person is one of the highest volume movie watchers on Letterboxd, whose name is Punk, P-U-N-Q. So... Uh, At the bottom of this page, it shows all the movies I've seen, and uh, here are the eight films, according to Letterboxd, from 2017, that I didn't see. Uh, So, from top to bottom, Call Me By Your Name, which hasn't come to theaters near me, Phantom Thread, again, the same thing, Paddington 2, again, the same, Hassan Minhaj, Homecoming King, which is a stand-up special, The Work, which is a documentary, potentially foreign language, that I haven't been able to find, Sleep Has Her House, which I don't think I have access to yet either, Faces Places, which is a documentary, which I don't have access to, and Five Came Back, which is more of a miniseries, but I think it counts as a documentary for Oscar purposes, so I might be forced to watch it at some point. And then, the very bottom is the map of all the movies I've seen, and where they're from. Big discrepancy here between this and last year. So, I don't how the best to do this. There's so many countries. Um, yeah, I don't know. 745 films in the USA. Uh, and everything else pales in comparison. Yep. <laughs> I, I don't know. There's not much more to tell you about that. So... This puts my all-time stats in film at uh, some big numbers. So I've now seen, according to Letterboxd, 5,436 films uh, for a total of 8,190 hours. I've seen 3,048 different directors across 87 countries. Whew, man. Um... The average rating for every movie that I saw released in 2017 on Letterboxd uh, is 2.27, so under two and a half stars, which is low. The total number of films on Letterboxd that I saw in 2017 is 300, so I was dead set on reaching 300 films for 2017 in 2017, and I pulled it off. I did it. My currently highest rated decades are the 1920s, number 1, the 1960s, number 2, and the 1950s, number 3. Which I think are the same 3 decades that they were that were up there last year. Uh they're just I've just seen way too many films in the more recent years for them to ever like be high enough to contend. Um let's see here. And uh uh, then the last thing I guess I'll kind of go through are list progress. So Letterboxd does a very nice thing of displaying six different pretty prominent lists uh, and showing your progress and how far you've gone to complete them. So it has the Letterboxed Top 250, which I've seen 169 of the 250, 68%. The Oscar Best Picture winners, I've, I have four more to go, so I've seen 96%. The IMDb Top 250, I've seen 224, so 90%. Getting close to that one. Edgar Wright's 1,000 favorite movies, I've seen 530 of, 53%. The Sight and Sound Top 250, I've seen 130 of, 52%. And finally, the Box Office Mojo All-Time 100, which, if you are a fan of the podcast, you know that I've done 10 podcast episodes devoted to that top 100 of all time. However, there is a movie on there right now that I haven't seen, which is Wolf Warrior 2. I have not even seen Wolf Warrior 1. So that will definitely be something I add to the list for next year to make sure I keep that, get that 100% back. All right. That is where we're at with that. So now let's let's jump into the spreadsheet and get some, some real statistics here. Okay. So 2017... Uh, Let me just refresh my uh, calculations so that everything's on point, as it should be. Alright, so, just like Letterboxd said, I've seen 300 films released in 2017 in 2017. That makes 2017 currently the second most watched year of any year of film, behind 2013, which I've seen 326 movies from. So a little bit of a gap there. Uh, 2017 recently passed. 2014, I've seen 296 films from 2014, and 290 films from 2016. I saw approximately 1,296 different films in 2017, so that does not include rewatches, and and neither does the 300 number, so rewatches were not included. The average rating of films... From 2017, that I've seen is 48.87, which is the lowest average film rating uh, since, oh boy, since 1943. No other year is rated lower uh, on average than ni- between 1943 and 2017. The average tomato meter rating of all the films from 2017 that I saw this year is 65.41 which is actually not that low. Uh, it's lower than 2016 and 2015, but it is higher than 2013 and 2014. Uh, currently, I don't know what's nominated for an Oscar, what's not, so I'm not sure how many of the Oscar-nominated films I've seen this year. I'm sure I have to see at least Darkest Hour, Phantom Thread, Call Me By Your Name. Uh, I assume Faces Place is gonna be nominated for documentary and other short films and stuff like that, so I'm sure I still have quite a few there uh through five films so my top 5 films my current if you look at my best uh best picture nominees on CircleOfFilm.com, those five films for best picture are currently the only films from 2017 that have made my top 300 movies which is a significant drop from the last uh 10 years no eight, 9 years so between 20, 2008 and 2016 There are at least 10 films from each of those years that are in my top 300. Uh, And in 2007, there's only five, just like this year. So, doomed to repeat themselves. Okay, for these 300 films that were released in 2017, that I saw in 2017, here is how these genres break down. 53 action films, 42 adventure films, 37 animated films, 114 comedies, 35 crime films, 35 documentaries. 35 documentaries, that is the highest number of documentaries I've seen in a single year. Or, released from a single year, to be more specific. 128 dramas, 43 fantasy films, which is the highest number of films from a year for fantasy films. 17 foreign language films, 27 horror films, 21 musical films, which is the highest number. From a single year, thirty mysteries, thirty romance films, forty-three science fiction films, which is the highest from a single year, forty-three short films, six sport films, sixty-six thrillers, two westerns, one film, one animated Disney film, and three animated Pixar films. Approximately forty percent of the movies from this year got a three on the Bechtel test. Approximately 8.33% films released this year got a 2 on the Bechtel test. Approximately 32.67% of films got a 1 and approximately 18.67 films released this year got a 0. For those of you keeping track at home, that adds up to 99.67%. So there are a couple of films that I missed uh, recording a Bechtel test number 4. Approximately 5 films released this year got a rating of G. Approximately 26 films got rating of PG from the MPAA. uh, 66 films with a PG-13. 112 films were rated R. None of them were rated NC-17. None of them rated X. None of them were rated approved. Three were rated unrated. And 88 were not rated uh, by the MPAA for any reason whatsoever. Whew. Um, Man, lots to get into it's so many statistics guys There's so many uh so the so now i'm going to go through these are the films that i watched more than once this year that were released this year uh so starting from high uh so highest rated to lowest rated currently ladybird i watched twice this year uh, world of tomorrow episode two I watched twice. Uh The Last Jedi, I watched twice. Thor Ragnarok, I watched twice. Valentine, I watched three times. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume two, I watched twice. It, I watched twice. Uh Kong, Skull Island, I watched twice. That might be it. Getting down to the bottom here. Yes. That's right. Alright, that's how many. Um now let's see here. The longest film that I watched from twenty seventeen is Ex Libris Colon New York Public Library, which is a documentary that clocked at 196 minutes or three hours and sixteen minutes. I saw it in theaters. It is long. And it uh it is an okay movie. I gave it a sixty-six. It is an intense look at the New York Public Library system. If that is your speed, I'm sure you'll like it, I guess. Man, it's, it's a tough one to sit through for three straight hours, I tell you. It really is. The shortest film from 2017 that I watched this year is uh, a tie between two films, uh, Team Thor, colon, part two, uh, which is, an, I don't know, a short one-shot accompaniment to Thor Ragnarok, shot by Taika Waititi. And the other is movie sound effects, colon, how do they do that, which is uh, a short film that accompanied the Lego Batman movie, uh, which I summarize as auditions for laser sound effects. How quaint. As a whole, the average length of a film from this year was about... 87 minutes long which is one minute shorter than the average length of a film I've seen across all the films I've seen. So every film I've seen has an average length of 88 minutes so on the whole, all the movies I watched in 2017 lowered that average length. Uh, As far as 2017 goes the, let's see from the films I've seen in twenty seventeen, the average release year. This will be interesting. I'd be curious to see if it can dip below two thousand. So, currently at twenty ten. Getting there. Getting there. We're okay. We've dipped below two thousand for the average release year from this year. So. All the unique films I watched this year, uh, which is 1,296, the average release year in which these, these films were released or made is 1995. So keep in mind, 300 of those movies were released in 2017 this year, as I'm recording this, will be last year by the time this comes out. Uh, so that's a lot. But when you factor in the uh, the idea that 16 of these films I watched this year were released before 1900, that's a pretty, pretty helpful statistic. Um, I'm trying to think. The average rating of all the films that I saw this year, not just the ones released in 2017, is 51.6, so about... Three point, a little more than three points higher than it was for the aver- than it was for just the films rated in 2017. That is nice, pretty nice. And then the average—that's oh, not going to work, is it? Oh, I guess it might. Yeah, I can do it. I can figure that out. The average tomato meter rating, uh, excluding films that don't have a tomato meter, which is quite a lot of them, as it turns out. Um, particularly short films and stuff, but the average tomato meter rating for films I watched in 2017, not just the films from 2017, uh, which actually totals exactly 900 movies and is of the last time I checked Rotten Tomatoes for each of these films, which let's be honest, has probably shifted a little bit since then, uh, is 71, which is much higher than the average tomato meter rating of all films, which is 66 uh, so five points higher, so it raised the tomato meter. Meanwhile, the average rating of the films I gave, which was what, 51 something? The average rating of all the films I've ever seen is 56.71. So this year dropped that number considerably. Uh, read into that what you might. What you might. So a couple other statistics here uh, that this is going of be the end of it, I think. I'm trying to figure out what else I can talk about, but I've run through most of the statistics. Some of the things that I like I wish I had access to, I don't really have access to because of the way the stati- uh, the spreadsheet is uh, orchestrated. But um, so I've mentioned in the past that I'm still working on filling out the final infor- the rest of the information uh, as far as directors and writers of every film I've seen. And currently, so this is this is the benchmark and ho- I would love to finish this by the end of this year. I have 743 films that don't have the director statistics logged. And I have 1,286 films that don't have the writer statistics logged for. So those are the films that I would like to, or rather, I want those numbers to be zero this time next year. Got me? That is, so two goals. First, Completely finished the director and writer stats from everything. And second, I, I just had a goal. What was it? I know I said it. I'll have to like go back and listen to it again. What did I have to do with? Um, I'm very puzzled. I don't know what it was. There was something. Wasn't there? Is killing me I don't know what it was I just said like not too long ago that's what I want to do next year and now I can't think what it was I'm gonna have to go back and listen to it that's frustrating all right hold on I'm gonna stop recording and go back and figure out what it was okay I'm back I figured out what it was it was Wolf Warrior so uh, I don't know why that slipped my mind so again two things finish doing all the statistics for directors and writers and watch wolf warrior one and two not the biggest uh not the biggest new year's resolutions but pretty good ones now as far as film quantity like i hit 300 films from this year in a year Uh, i don't feel the need to go to 400 next year uh, because like at that point you're just watching so many pieces of shit movies that it's really not adding much to your experience um, next year, I would love to hit 1,300 films seen. I think that's unlikely, but it depends like how long I can go without a job. Uh, you know, full disclosure, I recently was able to acqu- uh, qu- enroll in Medicaid, so I don't pay a premium for my health insurance anymore, which is a huge help when you have no income. So that will definitely affect my finances my finances going forward and hopefully my, my initial plan was to go till about July 4th. I'm, I'm, that's when my vacation is with my family around that time of the year. So I'm thinking that'll be about when I um, I stop go, uh, I, I, if I if, if something hasn't changed uh, as far as like this podcast or writing or something to that effect, then that's probably when I'm gonna have to try to look for a job. But uh, things could change, or I might find a job before then. It depends. Like I don't know what, who knows what's what's in store going forward. Uh, so, as far as that's concerned, I don't. Uh, you know, whatever. Uh, again, my other goals. Um, I'm currently in the process of working on the 2011 Circle of Film Award nominations. Uh, I am per. I'm finished up down through 2012 now obviously only up to 20 only 2015 and 2016 have been released with winners Um, but 2014 13 and 12 I have the nominees and winners on my spreadsheet I do want to try and watch more movies from those years before I completely solidify those rankings Uh, and I don't want to push those episodes out too quickly because they're very very long episodes if 2015s is any uh, example that was four hours long. Uh, we'll see I'd love to like cut it down to like three hours for the next couple ones because I know that can be a lot of time. it is for me too. So we'll see. but my plan is to have the ha- uh, do have 2019s uh, circle of film awards so two whole years from now well two years and like two months from now. When I put out the 2019 Circle of Film Awards, uh, you know, crossing my fingers, hoping I'm still being able to do this to have the time. That by the time I do that, I will have been able to release 2014, 13, 12, 11, and 10 by then. So five more years going backwards, and then I still have 2017, 2018, and 2019 to do. If that can happen, then after the 2019 awards, I want to do the. 2010's Decade Awards. So I've already started progress on this because, like I said, 2012, 13, 14, 15, and 16 are finalized, as far as I'm aware. You know, obviously new films could change that for a couple of those years, but um, I've taken all of the winners from every category and nominated them for the decade long category in that sense, and then re ranked them against each other. So, uh, to use the films that you guys are already aware of, uh, you have movies like... You would have people like Natalie Portman and Jackie going up against uh, Brie Larson in Room for Best Female Lead. You have, uh, for male supporting, uh, someone like John Goodman in 10 Cloverfield Lane against Benicio Del Toro in Sicario. Uh, in Screenplay, you have... Aaron Sorkin for Steve Jobs against Kenneth, or is it? Yeah, Lonergan. No, he did uh, Manchester by the Sea. Um, shit, who wrote that? 20th. Mike Mills for 20th Century Women. Uh, or like best scene, you have the, uh, man, the sandstorm in Mad Max Fury Road versus the dinner scene at 10 Chlorfield Lane. And like, it just gets crazier and crazier when you factor in the other years that you guys don't even have the winners for. And based on the current numbers, with only five years represented, every year has at least one win in the decades category. Uh, every year except one of the years has at least two films winning. And there's only one film that currently wins more than one category. It is... It's cutthroat, man, it's super cutthroat, and uh, it's fun, it's interesting. I'm excited to add more years to that, I'm really excited to add 2017 because I think that's going to be a big game changer for some of these categories uh, that are kind of locked up, and I'm toying with this idea, but I think I'm going to leave every films nominee in, so what I mean is I'm not going to limit the nominations to just five films, I will make it a full 10 in every single category so no one gets left out because I I just I want it to seem reasonable and fair and uh, yeah so all 10 nominees by the end of the decade will be qualified in every category that they're eligible for. Similarly, and this, this, this is more of a personal preference, for example, since the only category in my Circle Film Awards that is purely statistics-based is the Best Picture Race, which is just whichever film I rated higher, you can look at this, like I'm lo- sorting the films that are nominated in the decades-long thing. There's one film uh, that, is, that would be currently ranked number two. In the Best Picture race. But doesn't qualify. Because it didn't win in the year it was nominated. Okay. So. Uh, for example. Last year's winner, The Handmaiden. Is a Best Picture nominee. However, uh, Inside Out. Which came out in 2015. When lost to Mad Max Fury Road. Does not qualify. Because. Uh, you know, it didn't win. You know, and that's a hard rule. The reason I don't do that. It's the same reason that, like, it bothers me when you see Best Animated Feature, the, a film that, like, is nominated for Best Animated Feature, also nominated in Best Picture, because then you know that, in all likelihood, that animated film wins Best Animated Feature. It basically gives it away. And the same thing with foreign language films is is has that same problem, too. So we already know that Inside Out lost to Mad Max, so, like they don't go up against each other again. That's kind of how I see it. So, grain of salt, the top 10 Best Picture nominees for the 2010s decade are not the top 10 movies from the 2010s decade explicitly, but they are the best film from each year. Alright, so that's, you know, same thing with director, male lead, female lead, acting, screenplay, song, score, tactile, special effects, scene. Just because, you know, there might be a year where the top three scenes from that year are the top three scenes from the whole freaking decade. But, trying to give somebody else a chance, trying to make this fair to every year, and uh, they'll all be represented and given the nominations they deserve. So that's how that will work. And then, if the time comes, <laughs> I, I doubt it, I, I doubt I'll be, if I do make it to tw- the year 2100, you know, fingers crossed, if I make it that far, and I'm, you know, I'm coherent enough to, like, record an episode of this podcast, and I've been keeping track of movies still, uh, which would be 83 years from now, 82 years from now, really, then I would love to do a centuries-long thing, and maybe if I, if I go backwards long enough to, like, I don't know the 1900s. I might consider doing it there, but that seems unlikely. There's, I don't know how I'm going to find the time to watch that many movies going backwards. So, you know, that's a long shot. I'm just letting you know now that if I'm still podcasting in 83 years, or if the podcast has you know transformed into some other medium that becomes more prevalent in 40 40 years from now, uh, or or whatever the case may be. I am completely committed to continuing this legacy as long as possible. So keep your ears and eyes open, folks. That is going to be it for today's episode. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, I hope you could suffer through my my illness with me uh, without contracting it. I, I doubt you did. Um, if you would like to learn more about the podcast, if you want to check out the Circle of Film Awards, if you want to check out the Month Born Actor Top 10s, the Scavenger Hunt reviews, uh, or just information about me and my spreadsheet, head over to circleoffilm.com. If you would like to get in touch with me, uh, you can email me, circleoffilm@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Please feel free to send me or, uh, or contact me or send me straight up uh, any top movie lists of your own. Um, the bigger the better. I'd love to have them. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with me a different way, in a more direct way, uh, if email is a little impersonal for you, you can use Twitter, at Circle of Film. I'm you know, happy to respond to any form of communication. Uh, and if you would like to support the show, um, in a monetary sense, I used to say in any way, shape, or form, but really the only way to support the show without listening to it or talking to me, which are the other two things, uh, is to, uh, subscribe at patreon.com slash circle of film, look into it, check it out, a lot of different options, um, tons of different rewards, uh, check it out, maybe you're interested, maybe you're not, it's a new year, everything is on the table, as far as I'm concerned, so, that said, uh, once again, appreciate you listening. Uh, to this episode, and I appreciate you if you've been listening for, you know, all the last year since I started, if you're still there, I, you know, you're, you're amazing, and I love it, and love you guys, and here's to a whole nother year with a much more rigid schedule of episodes, uh, so, and, uh, fingers crossed, so fingers crossed, goal, podcast goal for next year, for 20, or for 2018, rather, is to be doing four episodes a week by the end of December. That's the goal. Um, that is partially a Patreon goal, or mostly a Patreon goal. Uh, so we'll see, because that that's kind of a tall order. Podcasts, Patreon. It's a, it's you know it's a dream, but like it's one that doesn't usually get fulfilled most most of the time. And like I know like I. Even myself, you know, I don't spend money on most of the podcasts I listen to, so I get that. Uh, but you know, that's that's the that's the that's the dream, that's the hope. You know, I can't actively work toward that. I just don't have the time to do it. If I if if you know without any compensation, I love doing this. I will continue to do three episodes a week as long as I can. But uh, that's kind of my limit for the most part, at the moment, so, that aside, thank you so much for listening, appreciate it, and, uh, I hope you all have a great 2018, I hope you had a great 2017, and you rang in the new year, the way you wanted to, whether that's at a party, whether that's watching a movie, whether that's listening to any podcast, or just sleeping, you know, we all have our different ways and, and, uh, methods of doing things, so, Thank you once again, I'm sure I thanked you like a dozen times already. And uh have a week. So long farewell, I'll be the same good night. I know she'll never leave me. Even as she failed. We need